0: Greetings, greetings, welcome to another episode of Read and Respond. I can't believe it, we're almost done with this, this book of James, aka Jacob. We're actually in chapter 4 and believe you me, I hope you've got your seatbelts really Tight, because James is about to take this to another level. You know, I and I know that what I said about instead of the servant coming to the the, uh, aid or the service of brother, so-and-so, sister, so-and-so on, their respective department. I know that that looks ugly, but I I promise you I'm going to be real with you. I promise you, the serpent surfaces, and the serpent has an agenda. He wants the floor. He wants... And we've got to understand, we've got to identify these spirits because these spirits are contrary. And this is what James is describing. Sorry, this is what he's describing to these Jewish believers. This ain't the Holy Ghost. This is another spirit operating. So where does he go from there? Um, he says, when he starts this, when he says, but he asks not. What is he referring to? He's actually referring to our prayer life. And this is... This is where it gets amazing. Because... When we find ourselves dealing with these mature situations... Because they happen. They happen in every sphere of Christendom. Because the devil is not going to sit back and let a church just blow up. And you know what I mean when I say blow up. I mean just lost at the seams and you know this tremendous growth and revival you No, know, he's gonna try his endeavor best he's gonna send in his wolves and sheep clothing he's gonna send division confusion and when these spirits show up those are, that are spiritual are gonna be able to cope with them and then you're gonna have those that are they're going to grow from this then you're going to have those that may be too weak honestly to handle the 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 burden and the change and because of the lack of discipleship they may fall at the wayside but this is an important process this is this process that James is describing is not to be just cast aside because this is where our prayer life ought to be been functioning. This is where we should have been praying. When you see things like this happening, you've got, to, you've got to talk to God about it. Because it's His church, it's His body. Instead of taking this burden on yourself, Jesus said right there in Matthew 11, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart if you see yourself acting out of character unlike Jesus then you know something is wrong but let's go a little deeper to prove that he's talking about prayer now when he says because he acts not in other words you're not praying he says when I need, I can't just run past that because you ask not. you're not. you're not petitioning God any longer because the spirit has distracted you Verse 3, it says he asked and receive not, because he asks amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Now he's saying, okay, now you're praying, but in the midst of your prayer, your prayer is based, or your petitions are based on your lust. And God is not going to grant us our lust. Things contrary. To his will and his kingdom. God is not our sugar daddy, he's our only father. So, here's the accusation. Verse 4: Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, in other words. You're acting like the world now. And this is guaranteed proof that you're off course. You know, um, not only is your prayer life out of whack, but now you're responding like the world. Because this is how the world reacts to confusion and, and wars. Instead of, you know, the old man is starting to surface now. You remember how you used to deal with your problems in the world? This is how you're dealing with them now. And God has a big problem with that because now you're no creature. He says, whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture said in vain? The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth the envy, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resisted the proud. But give it grace Unto the humble So what do you do When it seems like all hell is breaking loose around you And we can disqualify this whole situation And merely you say yes It's the devil We know it's the devil It is the devil working But God has suffered it Because there will be glory after this But how do we get to the glory section And that's what I want to get to And that's where verse 7 comes in. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I want to repeat that. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Powerful. Because here's the thing. How can you say that you love God who you've not seen, but yet hate your brother? So, how do you truly submit to God? I know we readily want to attack or deal with the horizontal aspect, or I'm oh, sorry, the vertical aspect of our relationship, which which pertains to us and God, that part of Christianity, we oh, we have no problem with that, because, you know, you really can't see God, but the horizontal aspect as it relates to your relationship with man, the true quantifier, because you cannot prove that you love God if you don't love your brother, And your sister that you see. So your true submission has to be to those that God has given you. Whether they be leaders, brothers and sisters, whatever. That's where your true submission is. When you submit to them, then you prove that you're submitted to God. Next, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In other words... You've got to resist those feelings, resist those thoughts. You, you in the past have made the devil feel welcome. When those thoughts came in, you welcomed them because he felt like that. But now you've got to resist them. And the Word of God promises that when we resist him, he will flee from us. Next is very important also. It says, "Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you." So, all of this is action. This we've got to now be intentional. When we're talking about drawing nigh to God, there are some things that we're going to have to do, which are inclusive of prayer, fasting, and self-denial that are going to put us in the position to draw closer to God. There are some things that you're going to have to stop doing. And vice versa, you know those things that are contrary to God. You're going to have to put them away as a sign of you drawing near to Him. And the next line says, Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts double-minded. And to prove that fasting is a part of the equation, look at verse 9. It says, Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves on the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. So right there he's talking about crucifying this flesh. Because it's obvious from all that has happened. All of this happened to show us a couple of things. And if we learn the lessons. We're on our way to great productivity. For the kingdom of God. But one of the main things that we've been shown. Is that. There's too much. Carnal behavior. Being exhibited. In the body of believers. When we find ourselves getting on social media or any media for that fact and we're berating one another. We don't have jurisdiction over who's a Christian or not. The Word of God did did tell us that we should know them by their food, but the Scripture gives us clear, clear direction of how we should entreat and I want to use that word entreat a believer whether or not you believe they are a believer the fact that they say they are we've got to entreat them in that manner and we do a bunch of stuff that is contrary to the word of God and verse 11 is targeting one of the main things that we do it says speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Now we have to understand now, we have been given a jurisdiction to do righteous judgment. That's We have been given that jurisdiction. But when we take it of ourselves, first of all, as the scripture said, to speak evil of a brother, we are totally out of line. Because we haven't obeyed the first standards. The scripture says that the brother be overtaken and fall, ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. And that's a whole nother... identify the spirit of the matter. That The spirit. You can be so sincere in your defense of this, of the kingdom of God but you can be sincerely misguided if you're not in the right spirit. So we've got to be careful. We've got to approach things as if it's a rescue mission. You know, sometimes the enemy will have us to be bashes, And in some instances, scoffers. And we become stumbling blocks. Because there are others that are watching our behavior. And they believe that this is how it should be. Or they are turned off by what we do. But the scripture tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. So verse 13. Even as we approach the end of chapter 4, it says, Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then it away. But as ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we, we shall live and do this or that. But now he rejoices in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it is not, to him it is sin. I want to thank you once again for joining me in the book of Jacob, a.k.a. James. I look forward to our next session. I hope you heard something that was a blessing and encouragement to you. We will see you next time. Blessings on you. (laughs) Greetings, greetings. Welcome to another episode inside the Soul place, and as I said in the month of June, it's been read and respond, and I just want to thank you and take this opportunity before we jump into our last chapter here, to say thank you for your support, for listening in, and I hope that something you heard was a blessing to you, but today we're actually in the last of James, a.k.a. Jacob, and that's chapter 5, and I believe this is probably my favorite chapter, but at this time we're going to jump in and see what the Lord has for us. Beginning at verse 1 of chapter 5 of James, Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver's canker, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, cried, and the cries of them which have reaped are uh, entered into the ears of the Lord of Saviors. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanting. Ye have nourished your hearts, and since they have slaughtered, ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth, and had long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. But he also sorry, be also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draw nigh. Watch not one against another, brethren. Let she be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, become them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercies. You know, and as, as I read this chapter, it, it began... Talking about the ways of the rich. And the word of God tells us that they that would be rich um, they set themselves up for temptation and snares and traps. And you know, the we well, yeah, let's be honest, we all desire to have and to be prosperous, but I believe that being prosperous and the spirit of the rich is, is a bit different, and I, and I draw comparisons with the rich man and Lazarus, you know, when you have the mindset of a rich person and not a prosperous person, for what I see in the word of God, you seem to be a person that is driven and self-willed and only concerned about yourself and the plight of others doesn't come before you so it makes you a very cold and callous person and it can actually put you in a position where you're seeking to gain gain and before you know it, wham! your soul is required of you and all that you've attained in this life is lost or handed to the next person but those of us that are prosperous and, and, you know, I, I believe, before I even jump on that, when you consider those of us that come up or endure at the hands of these that are rich and wealthy, sometimes the pressure that we feel, the, the persecution that we feel, sometimes we can take these pressures out on one another But we've got to remember that we are the comfort of one another. We've got to remember that no matter what we endure, we win in the end. And I know that sounds cliche, but even when I look at somebody like Job, you know, he was the richest man in the East. And there came a point in his life where everything was stripped from him, even his health and God was able to supersede all that he had before that because he maintained his integrity we may never know what life is going to bring our way but God is going to get the glory out of our lives so we've got to continue to trust him verse 12 says but above all things my brethren swear not neither by heaven neither by the earth neither by any other oh, but let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, lest he fall into condemnation. And this one, I have to stop here, because I found through personal experience that this is a great problem among the body of believers. I've been in situations where I've asked of believers, Mm. men and women of God, that I held in highest esteem, to do things for me, and or with me, and they said, yes brother, I'll be right there for you, I remember from the very inception of the, uh, the soul group, from the very inception of the service of love group, there are many pastors that gave me their word, they said, oh I'm with you, I've got your back, and all types of things of that nature, and I looked back at it, and when it came down to it, there was just a handful, and and I say that not grudgingly, you know, because the truth is, hey, there will be some with you, and there will be some against you. But I believe the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I I believe that I'm a man of principle. If I tell you that I'm going to do it, my brother, my sister, if I can't do it, I'm gonna say, look okay, here, my brother. I'm, such is the case I can't do it but once I've uttered hey I'm going to do it, I'm going to do my endeavor best I'm going to do it, my yea is going to be yea or my nay is going to be nay and I believe that this is a a principle that upholds our integrity we ought to be men and women of God of integrity yea ought to be yea and nay ought to be nay, according to the scripture lest we fall in condemnation we find ourselves in, in a position of condemnation when we are not men and women of our word. There was a time when all a man had was his word. But now that's been taken for granted. It says, Is any among you afflicted, let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him and not him, but oil in the name of the Lord and pray and sorry and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up, and he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. And here we are, to this to the verse of all verses. Confess confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. avail it much. You know, um Prayers such an important thing, even as we read earlier, the first couple of lines, if any among you is sick, let them pray. Um, prayers are important. And there's, there's nothing like information on form prayer. And, you know, the things that are natural and the things that come first, those are the things that we can easily relate on and sometimes or most times one of the greatest icebreakers we can receive is a conversation it's a heart to heart a time of confession maybe one to another and this is something that the Lord gave me when I received the instruction we got in church I, I believe then and even now that the church had underestimated the amount of hurt and pain, the damage that has already been done. I've said it once and I've say it again. I believe because of the amount of hurt and pain that have come at people that we trust and relied on and counted on, I really believe we find ourselves in a position of repair we find ourselves in a position of damage control. is the term that I was looking for. And, and you know, God is able. But we cannot put the cart before the horse. There are many that will probably look at you in your situation, which you've endured. And they may say, oh, suck it up and get on with it. But the truth is, the situations that are gone, And that are about to come upon us as it relates to hurt and pain and offense. They don't need band-aids. They need surgery. And it can take something as simple as a conversation. A meal to be the great icebreaker. To open the doors for great revival but I believe it starts right here at verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual prayer of a righteous man. availed much. Verse 17 says Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by a space of three years and six months and he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought fodder fruit brethren if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him let him know that he which converted the sinner from the air of his way shall save the soul from death and shall hide amongst those sins and it's amazing that elias was used one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, but there was a point after his victory with Joseph on Carmel, that when he got the word that she was going to make him like the prophets that he killed, and I think it was 24 hours, this same mighty man of God ran for his life, and the scripture said that, he wished that he would die he got on a juniper tree and it was like he was saying, God take me and his whole argument was like, his whole argument was sorry Lord, I'm the only one you got left oh, Lord, the prophets have been killed or they turned their backs on you but God had other prophets that I'm about to fail." Elijah would eventually get his wish but it was in God's timing This was a man, just like you and I. And that's what the scripture means with like passion. He got scared too. He doubted too. He thought that it was just him. But it was amazing what a word from God was able to do. And I believe that as God has positioned us, We've got to remember that we will have our moments when we will be down and out and we will come to our words end. and God will have a word waiting for us and it may come from a and mom, Elijah or Samuel or some servant of God that has been tucked away. <coughs> Excuse me for such a time as yours. so I want to encourage you believe that even as we move forward, we're headed for uncharted territory. The world around us is groaning in anticipation for the manifestation of the sons of God. I believe we're in a time of great travail. I believe that many great things are about to come upon the face of the earth. But I believe that we are stronger together. The enemy wants to to divide the body of believers so that he can conquer us. But I want to encourage somebody that's listening today that greater is he that is within us that he that is within the world. You're my brother, you're my sister. It's time that we take one another by the hands and it's time for us to take territory for the kingdom of God. With our giftings and our calling. Let us make our calling and election sure. Let us work the work of him that sent us while it's yet day. Thank you for listening to this to this broadcast. Read and respond in the book of Jacob, aka James. I know I pray that something that you've heard would reignite your passion for brotherly love among the body of believers locally, nationally, and internationally. Thank you. Blessings, honor. Greetings, greetings. You've been listening to season four of the Soul Place Podcast with yours truly, Derek Ingram, Jr., Thank you and blessings on you.